If no one sheds light on what is being done in the darkness, it will never stop. One in three girls and one in six boys are sexually abused and told to hush. Breaking the silence is the first step to healing. Healing is a lifelong journey. Find your voice. Your story matters. Pain put me into hiding. Purpose called me out. May the silence be broken. Thanks for listening to the One Voice Podcast. It's a safe place for conversation on relevant topics with real-life stories to encourage and inspire you along life's journey of healing from sexual abuse. I'm Mary O'Brien with Nicole Bridek-Bromley, and today we continue our holiday survival series. While the holidays are a time of celebration, or at least some time off from school, it also presents many challenges for some of us. And for those of you who experienced sexual abuse as a child like Nicole and I did, the challenges can feel quite overwhelming. Nicole, you recently shared a pretty staggering statistic with me. 93% of survivors of child sexual abuse knew their abuser, and 34% were abused by a family member. Yeah, that's right. So those numbers are really staggering, you know, at all times of the year, but... I think they're ever more so staggering this time of the year, Mary. And the reason why is because those statistics mean things like holiday gatherings, being around family, visiting childhood homes, all of these things when you're forced into being around people from your childhood and family members that you don't see all the time now, especially ones that hurt you, can bring up big time anxiety, you know, fears. They can trigger painful memories So it kind of makes a holiday feel like a hell of a day. But I think for survivors listening now, you know, you're not alone in the anxiety you feel. And if there's anything that you take away from our holiday survival 101, it's that. If you think about it, as a child, this was a period of time when you had no place to go. You know, while your classmates were looking forward to break from school, you were dreading it. While your friends were relaxing and, you know, their warm, cozy houses and enjoying family game night, you were looking for ways to stay busy, to stay safe, to get away from the one who might hurt you. So vacation from school for many of you or like me, it meant more time with your abuser. So it's understandable why the holidays would suck, why they would feel unsafe to you, and also understandable as to why you struggle to feel safe now. Even as an adult, it makes sense. So last week, we talked about the importance of taking care of yourself, creating new traditions to replace the old ones that weren't so good. And we also talked about making a plan sort of an escape route. So if you are making that decision for yourself to keep some of your old traditions, but you're putting an escape route in place, a safety plan, if you need it, I think it's important that you know that no matter how you decide to celebrate your time this season, the point is that you have the power to choose. You see, as a child, you didn't have that power. Someone else had that power over you. But now you can take your power back. As an adult survivor of childhood sexual abuse, you can now set your own boundaries. For some of you, you need to hear us say that you don't have to stay in the same home or even the same town where your abuse occurred. Maybe this year you go to the family function, but you actually sleep at another location, you know, away from the place or the people that trigger you that make you anxious, that make you feel unsafe. So maybe you you have that confidence and you have that plan going into it. You're going to go, you're going to follow through 
with, you know, the typical family events and you're going to do your best, but you're making your world safer by staying somewhere else when you leave. If staying somewhere else is simply not possible for you, then it's important that you're prepared mentally with ways to avoid being in close quarters with your abuser or abusers. Make plans that involve leaving the home or party, maybe like meeting up with old friends, volunteering, even running errands. Think of possible excuses for not being able to attend a party where you know your abuser will be. Excuses like having conflicting plans, needing rest. Some of you may feel safer if you can stick to public places or areas of the home where people can gather in larger spaces like a living room, maybe a kitchen. And remember this, it's okay to draw boundaries and to keep distance between you and the people who have hurt you, even if that makes other family members feel uncomfortable. You get to make the decision. Those are really great tips, Mary. Thank you so much. I know personally as a people pleaser most of my life, um, maybe not so much now, (laughs) my close friends probably would say I'm the opposite, (laughs) but previously, before I received some healing in that area, I would have been very concerned about making family members uncomfortable or not living up to their expectations, especially during the holidays when everything's supposed to go smoothly and everyone's happy and getting along. I would have felt the pressure to be the family glue and to slap on that happy face and and endure some of the worst situations for myself, almost be a martyr so that everyone else would have a good holiday. So if you're listening today and you relate to me in that situation, maybe you're concerned about creating family tension or division. Maybe you already feel isolated because of patterns of not being believed. Maybe you haven't yet disclosed about your abuse. So you are painting on that smile and you can't even think about voicing your need for boundaries yet because no one would even understand why you would need them. You know, your story isn't even out yet. So whatever it is, I just encourage you take a deep breath and know there are alternative safety plans that you can take without actually voicing your needs to your family. So what that looks like is simply reaching out to a third party like a friend or a counselor, you know, make that phone call. Or you can reach out to our friends at the National Sexual Assault Hotline. They'll give you some safety planning and and just help you talk you through your situation. And we'll give you all of their contact information at the end of this podcast. But you can even put safety planning or mindfulness apps on your phone or you can call 911. I mean, you always have other options other than just reaching out to the people that you're with, especially if those people are not in your circle of inspiration. They're not your people. They're not your safe places. So don't forget that there's others out there that you can reach out to. And I think mapping out a game plan for family gatherings in advance can really help survivors feel safe. It can help you feel comfortable. It can help you feel prepared and confident walking into a situation for the holidays that you might be feeling anxious about. And so if you're already in counseling, that's a great thing that you can talk about this week in your session, you know, mapping out your game plan for family gatherings now so that you're ready to tackle situations if they arise and hopefully they don't. But if they arise, you are a step ahead of the game. 
And Mary, I was thinking about how planning ahead is so very important when it comes to situations like holiday survival, but so is focusing on today. And I heard a corny little saying recently. It says, there's a reason your windshield is so much bigger than your rearview mirror. And it's because your future is so much bigger than your past. And like I say, I get it. It's corny, but it also makes a lot of sense to me because as survivors of abuse, we are easily tempted to look at our past in such a way that it can drown us. You know, all of these negative feelings and regrets and resents and remorse, especially during the holidays. I think we can really get bogged down by looking backwards and all of that really will steal us of the good stuff that could be standing in front of us right now. It can take our eyes off of today. And though the pain of yesterday will probably never go away completely, our past and the abuse that we went through is not something we're going to forget. People say forgive and forget, and that's just not realistic. But that doesn't mean that we can't enjoy today or tomorrow. And if tomorrow is going to be anything different than yesterday, we have to make that decision today to shift our eyes off that you know tiny rear view mirror and pay attention to what's right in front of us. So I think about questions that we should ask ourselves like, who has God placed in your life recently that gives you life, gives you hope, gives you encouragement? You know, Don't ignore them this holiday season. They're in your life for a reason and they're in your life right now for your holiday survival. Let other people in. And also, who has he placed in your life recently that needs your life, your hope, your encouragement? You know, Don't neglect those people either. Who or what is counting on you to live and engage in the present? You know, where can you make a real difference today? This is all part of our healing journey, not just allowing people in, but also allowing ourselves to be given to others along life's journey. You know, this journey is not just about us. You know, we are a community now. We need other people and God uses other people to help us heal. And I realize that reaching out or encouraging others might honestly feel like the last thing you want to do right now. You might be feeling depressed. You might be feeling rejected or ignored yourself. And I get that. But I want you to consider the challenge of stepping outside of yourself, outside of what you might be feeling Because the outcome might make a bigger difference on how you're feeling than you realize. The outcome of stepping outside of yourself, reaching out to other people could really make an impact on your own feelings tomorrow. Okay, so I think there's actually around what, like 14 different holidays or something like that celebrated during the month of December. So believers of all walks of life are celebrating lots of different things. But for me personally, as a follower of sweet baby Jesus, I celebrate Christmas and Christmas is about celebrating the birth of the one who came as love. This one who sacrificed himself and loved others as no one else ever has and never will. Isaiah 61 says the reason that Jesus came was to preach the good news, to heal the brokenhearted, to open prison doors, to give us beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a heavy and hardening heart. It's my belief that Jesus wants to do that for us this holiday season. And 
as we let his love do a work in our hearts, you know, as he is comforting us, we can open our hearts to others. We can comfort others. And I think that really starts by just realizing that love is a choice. We can choose to love others even when we don't feel like it by defending, by caring for them, by standing up for them, believing in others, supporting people that we're called to. I think one of the best ways to start that around the holidays is for kids. Mary, you are just a picture to me of a person living out a life of love for children in need. You know, Mary works for a radio station um, in my city and she's on the air and she also runs the community outreach program. I'm telling you, her car is constantly full of just donations for people. And she's currently running an adopt a kid for Christmas campaign. And people are buying gifts for kids in need that otherwise wouldn't even have a Christmas. I will tell you, there's just something about loving on a child, their innocence. um, It just makes you want to be there for them and protect them and just give them joy. And that's what I choose to do every single year. Um, And also, it honestly does remind me of the little me that I get to now love on and care for. And so it's a very kind of therapeutic thing uh, to do, especially around this time of year when it's important to give back. I know this probably sounds absolutely ridiculous and maybe it's offensive to you, but (laughs) you kind of remind me, Mary, of the widow in scripture. It's in Mark 12 where all of these people are bringing their offering, you know, and, and the rich people are bringing large amounts of money. And then there's this widow who she's very, very poor and, and she, she brings everything she has, but it's like nothing compared to what everyone else has given, which was a small amount of what they had. And the scripture in Mark 12 says that she gave extravagantly what she couldn't afford. She gave her all. And now, not that you're just this poor little widow, but I think it's, it just reminds me of you because you have gone beyond our culture's call of duty. You know, our culture says that it's fine to be selfish, to hoard, to withhold, you know, to give up on people or causes or commitments when times are hard. But you remind me of this woman that Jesus calls out because she's a special person. She is courageous. She she steps beyond this low expectation in our culture and instead just commits to give and to love in big ways, even when it might hurt or even when we ourselves are hurting. In 1 Samuel 16, 7, it says that men and women look at how someone appears on the outside, but God says he looks at what's in the heart. I just think that it's important that we live that out. And Mary, you have encouraged me to give extravagantly. I think when when one person is able to do that in their own life, to courageously give, to step you know, into areas and, and situations and family lives and hard things, when you step into those things courageously and you love deeply, when you defend, you care for, you stand up for, you believe in the things that other people would rather just shy away from, you know, and stick their head in the sand and just la la la. Christmas is always beautiful for everybody. That's just not the case. And you take that step of reaching into the trenches and you find the people that need something and you make it happen for them. I'm just always so amazed at how someone will reach out to you with some sort of situation and just a a broken person in need in our city or family who's struggling and, and they need something so super random. And you're able to just navigate 
and figure out how to make ends meet for them. And and then if if no one else can fulfill the need, you do it. You do it yourself. It's like it's never an option to give up on someone. And I just love that about you. And I think that that's what we as survivors all need to be doing. The challenge is to give of ourselves, even when we're struggling. And sometimes holiday survival simply is that, surviving. It's enduring, enduring the stress, the anxiety, uh, the grieving, the loneliness. And I know it feels real awful for some of you right about now, but persevere because it will come to an end, even if it feels never ending right now. But you guys are worth getting to the other side of this. And I have no doubt that some of you listening right now are contemplating calling it quits on something. And so I just want to be the voice that says, stick it out one more day and then another. No doubt it's those who chose to never give up on me that have made all the difference in my life. And now I want to give that gift to someone else. So don't give up on yourself and then don't give up on those who God has put in your path. You may also consider starting your own support group. The books that I've written were created to be a place for survivors to find a community of support, a support and recovery group, going through my book, Hush, alongside the workbook and running the group therapies that are interwoven in my newest workbook called SOAR. You might consider starting that. This holiday would be a great time to start that community of support for yourself, whether it be at your church or um, take it to your counselor and see if they would run one. It's a very easy way to gather two or more other survivors alongside of you to work through just an eight week group to read from other stories of survivors. And there's a video that opens each week that helps you to understand the topic that week and to talk about it and to break the ice surrounding these hard things to talk about. But in the end, I think having that support group can be one of the most helpful healing things for all of us to experience. And I know, Mary, you led a group in the past, and I know that was a really healing for you yourself, but it was also really good for you to lead other survivors. It's been so good for my heart to uh, meet with other survivors and just help them along the road uh, to healing. And I'll tell you, no matter how far along you are in your journey of healing, uh, and Nicole always says this, it's a lifelong journey. You still are battling stuff from day to day. And I always walk away with something new every single session. Uh, and that felt so good. It was even therapy for me. And also to have that support system to rely on one another and just to know that you're not alone is so crucial when it comes to getting through stuff like this. And you can even find Nicole's support and recovery group curriculum when you go to IamOneVoice.org. You may also just consider giving to a cause that cares for survivors of abuse or of human trafficking. How can I not mention right here supporting us? <laughs> I mean, just got to throw that out there. There are so many different ways to get plugged in, to get involved. Uh, recently, we even posted on our Facebook page uh, asking survivors to sponsor another abuse survivor who's currently in residential treatment and desperately in need of our resources. And what a great way to give back and a great way to love on someone else who is where you used to be in the beginning of your healing and needing someone to 
hold your hand. That's what you're providing when you give. And not only is there that option, but so many other options where you can get involved uh, year round, but especially around this time of year. So check out the One Voice Facebook page. Another tip I want to throw out there is about our expectations. And I struggle with expectations at times, and I've kind of learned to just sort of lower them. And when I do, I'm a little bit happier. (laughs) So, you know, don't expect the holidays to be a certain way. If they were good for you as a child, don't expect them to be the same way. They never are. And you aren't the same as when you were a child and no one in your family is the same either. So this year will be different than last year and the year before and the year before. So um, on the other hand, you know, for those of you who had really bad memories of the holidays as a kid, be grateful now that you have that power to choose that we've already talked about and the skills to make this year great for yourself and great for those who you love. And also don't allow yourself to overindulge. I think that in the end, drinking and eating and all the weight gain and hangovers that you might have is only going to exacerbate the depression, the anxiety that you might already be feeling. And make sure you get some time in for rest. Make sure you get some time in for exercise. Scheduling these things in are going to be really crucial to surviving the holidays this year. I think for those of you who really need to stay centered this holiday, you need to remember to stay sober. I understand that getting drunk or getting high will relax you, but it is a false sense of ease. So make sure you're taking care of yourself and you're staying centered. Stable moods like stable routines. So, you know, try not to get off track. Try to maintain your typical routines in life. You know, unhealthy emotional eating, excessive drinking or shopping this time of the year can really cause our moods to swing and to take a hit and our emotional health to struggle. And it can exacerbate depression and other health problems. So, Do your best to maintain your routine and remember stable moods like stable routines. When holiday drama seems to be getting a little out of hand or you yourself are experiencing some triggered emotions or anxieties, instead of going to the extreme of just running out the door, you could start out a little bit slower. You know, one way that you can kind of get out of that situation, but still remain in the same location is to go play with children or keep yourself busy by helping with the kids. So maybe rather instead of going and drinking, you might just stay more present. Stay as present as you can so that you can monitor the situation, monitor your feelings and emotions, and then you take action if necessary. Do what you need to do to take care of yourself without going to that extreme. Another way to help getting through the specific events that you don't even want to be at, but you're deciding to go this year, is helping out in the kitchen. You know, be involved with that preparation of the food, as long as it's not triggering for you. For me, this is what helps me. You know, I put my head down and I get to work, set the table, do the dishes, I cook. This is kind of how I get through in life in other ways. But for holiday situations, I I don't want to be around people. I don't want to talk to certain people. Put your head down and get to work. There are just some people around the holidays that are really hard to be around. And whether maybe they've hurt you in the past or they're just not a safe place for you, or maybe 
you love them and adore them, but they occasionally bring up things that trigger you and you don't want to talk about. I've definitely been there. And I've just learned to, number one, remove myself from that conversation or that situation at that given moment and just go be productive. Like Nicole mentioned, I just dive in somewhere, whether it's in the kitchen or taking out the trash or folding laundry. (laughs) I just do something uh, to be busy and productive. And that actually helps me relieve some stress. So if you're one of those survivors who is committing to being around the family that is triggering to you, another escape route is to simply take a step outside. You know, sometimes just being in that house can become so overwhelming and, you know, your emotions and and the inside of you just wants to burst at the seams. And so sometimes just take that step outside, go for a walk and realize that there's a much bigger world out there than what you're dealing with right inside of that house. And then hopefully you can come back in and be that fresh new face and being able to confidently deal with whatever situations are there. But taking that moment to step outside and just take a break and get a breather and get some fresh air can really make a big difference. And there's going to be times that you're going to be in conversation with those people. So, you know, like Mary already talked about, minimizing conversations with your perpetrator, someone who's been abusive to you for sure. But there's times when you can't really avoid conversation with some of the other people in your life, relatives that maybe didn't believe you when you told, or just people who are not your support people, people you don't really want to go hang out with, but you have to maybe this one day of the year. And what I encourage you to do during those times is have something in your pocket that reminds you of who you are today. Just something small, something that reminds you of maybe the relative that did believe you, or maybe that reminds you of your good friend who, you know, isn't with you now, but is praying for you back home and believing in you. And, you know, is at the end of the phone call, if you need to make that phone call, just something that in that conversation, you can stick your hand in your pocket, you can feel that shape, that small thing, and it will just remind you of what you have outside of this conversation. It will give you the courage. It will help calm you and it will remind you that this conversation is not going to last forever and soon you'll be out of it and things are going to be back to normal for you. And you know, I think it's pretty appropriate just to straight out say, if you are an adult and you're in a situation where just things are not going well for you, you can choose to walk out that door. And we talked last week about, you know, making an escape route, a plan, having that person in place who can come pick you up if you need to. But I think it's just really important to remind you that you have the power to walk out. And all of us, no matter how BA or brave uh, we think we are, we might be scared to do something like this. I know I've been scared to do it, but I've done it. And I'd do it again if I had to, because it really is liberating and it affirms your power to choose your own boundaries. And maybe it's something you would practice and it's something that you would only use in, you know, the worst situation, but just to be prepared and to know that you do not have to endure abuse anymore. And now is your time to take back control. And another holiday survival tip, make room. 
I'll never forget a few years ago during my first pregnancy, one of my closest friends shared with me her confidence that God knew what he was doing to have us carry our babies inside of our bellies for so many months. She said, it's in that time that he was teaching us to love this child, helping us to get to know him, giving us time to grow together in just anticipation for the grand arrival. I love that so much. And it really actually helped me through those terrible months of being pregnant because honestly, I hate being pregnant. You can ask any of my closest friends, they'll tell you, um, along with probably stories that shouldn't be shared on our podcast, but it's painful. It's annoying. You know, it makes me feel yucky and it always feels like it will never end. Well, that's just the tip of the iceberg for me. But as much as I hate it, I know what comes out of that season of discomfort. You know, I've done it three times now. Without pregnancy, no life results. No story will be told. Someone has to make room inside for that child. And I think about that story a lot when I think about Mary, the mother of Jesus, not Mary, my buddy. So I think about (laughs) that story and that truth that my friend Laura shared with me. When I think about the birth of Jesus and I think about Mary And just how everyone must have had so many different emotions as they are awaiting his birth, the birth of this one whose life story would completely rewrite history. And it's only because of this story of his life, his death, his resurrection, that my life has any meaning at all. It's only because of Jesus that I can testify that the most rotten evil intended to break, destroy, and devour you and me can instead be turned into something beautiful, something glorious, something hopeful, turning darkness to light, something that can set captives free. I think Jesus truly came so that our lives would have new meaning. But it's like Mary, the one who carried him in her womb, we have to make room for him inside of us too. So like the animals in the manger, you know, we have to make room for him in our homes. And if we want to experience his healing, his transforming power, his love in such a way that our hurts and our hangups become rewritten, we have to make room for Jesus to walk with us on our healing path too. We all go through the fires of life, adversity, And if you're a sexual abuse survivor, you've gone through what I would say is the worst thing on earth. But whatever your experiences look like, the joys, the sorrows, I believe that our amazing God can take all of it, every single piece, and turn it into something really great, something really beautiful, and produce some of the most unexpected, exciting results. But this is a process. His work in our hearts and in our lives and in our relationships, it truly takes time. Just as as he started out as this tiny, sweet baby Jesus, so does our personal healing journey. And our ministry to others begins small too. With time, with room, with perseverance, it grows. The point is, because of Jesus, we don't lose hope because there's always something greater coming from all of this. So don't be discouraged if this journey seems long. Don't lose hope if, you know, you're feeling some of the most frustrating or painful things right now. Don't be let down if the road that's before you just doesn't even seem possible anymore. 
my pastor always says it's right foot, left foot, right foot, left foot. It's one step at a time. God is always at work. He's always guiding us and growing us. He's with us on this healing journey. And so are we. Um, And that's why this podcast is here. We want to walk with you on this healing journey. We want to provide encouragement and to let you know that there is another day ahead and just to not give up. But making room right now and making room for God on your healing journey can sometimes be a choice that you have to make. You know, I know for me, when I feel hurt, I immediately just want to be by myself. I crawl into my shell and I feel safer that way. My independence comes out. But I think that if we can try to give space for him to do a work in us, try to give space for him to deliver comfort to you, to bring compassion to you, to even bring his people to you, to encourage you. God will grow you. He wants to mold you during this waiting period, during this long, hard journey of healing. He holds our hands during the painful parts and he will carry us when we feel too heavy to walk, but we have to make room for him. And lastly, remember as you're navigating the holidays, as you're enduring some feelings that you don't want to feel right now, as you're possibly in the presence of perpetrators or people that didn't believe you, people who told you to hush, people who pushed your abuse under the rug, people who stuck their heads in the sand. As you are around these people this holiday, I want you to remember to not abandon yourself. Yeah, you were abandoned as a child. You didn't deserve that. It wasn't your fault. No kid should ever have gone through what you went through. And if you didn't receive the correct response from the person that you told or the person who knew about the abuse and didn't stop it, you didn't deserve that either. You deserve to be believed. You deserve to be protected, but maybe you weren't. And so now you're an adult and you're back around those people again. I want to encourage you to take care of yourself as if you were that little girl again, as if you are now taking care of yourself as a little precious kid that little boy or that little girl who needed you now as the adult that you are, he or she needs you now. So imagine yourself, you might even as you're listening to this podcast, close your eyes and just imagine taking yourself as that little girl or that little boy, just grabbing your grubby little hands and pulling them out of the way of the person who is about to harm them. Or just gathering yourself as a child in your arms, just picking her up or just holding him and and just walking into another room, protecting that little kid the way that he or she should have been protected. So all of the tips that we've given you in the past couple of podcasts for your holiday survival 101 are all ways that you can do that are all ways that you can choose to not abandon yourself, are all ways that you can take back your life, take back your childhood, reclaim what was lost, what was stolen from you. You're no longer a child now, but there is a little child who is living inside of you. And now you're the adult who can make choices for her. 
And I want you all to just remember as we are talking about all of these things and, and navigating what it means to survive the holidays, just to remember that you actually have already done the biggest survival of your life. You survived the trauma. Now, today, you're much stronger than you think you are. You need to give yourself credit for that. You need to give yourself the respect that you deserve. You have done the impossible and you can do it through the holidays as well. If your holiday safety plan falls through or if you experience harm, know that you have done nothing wrong. You deserve support and our friends at the National Sexual Assault Hotline will be there to help you through it. On behalf of myself, Nicole, and One Voice, we want to wish you all a happy and safe Christmas, and we'll join you again in the upcoming weeks.